Peace everyone, my name is Autumn Mohammed. Thank you so much for rejoining me on my Birthing Spotlight podcast. Today, I'm going to be sharing another um, birth story. To protect the mother's identity, I'm going to call this um, podcast Mummy K. Mummy K was having her fourth pregnancy. This pregnancy took place about 18 months ago. Mummy was having her fourth child. She's, she already had two home births, one hospital birth. So for this fourth birth, she said that the hospitals kept telling her that her baby seemed like it was in distress. She had high blood pressure. She had gestational diabetes, all sorts. And mum was just panicking right throughout the whole pregnancy. Now, when she was coming nearer to the end of her pregnancy, she was told that she had to stay in hospital so that she could be monitored and that she could have bed rest. So mum agreed. Even though that wasn't what she wanted to do, that's what she agreed. So while mum was in the hospital, mum was told on one of the ward visits by the doctor that her baby's heartbeat had stopped. Mum started panicking. She was told that she'd have to have an emergency cesarean. So mum agreed to have this emergency cesarean. So mum was prepped for surgery. She went down to surgery. She had her baby. Once the baby was born, the baby was taken to the special care unit. Daddy had escorted the baby to the special care unit. Once they reached the special care unit, the hospital staff told the dad that the baby would have to have a vitamin K injection and the baby would be formula fed. Now, the dad had already agreed with mum that the baby would not have any forms of injection and that the baby was to be breastfed. So, daddy explained this to the hospital staff that he wanted baby to join mum as soon as possible so that baby could be breastfed. Or, if anything, if that wasn't possible, then mum was willing to pump espresso milk. Could they provide that? hospital staff were not willing to cooperate with the daddy and daddy was insisting that each child was not having any injection so what the hospital staff did they called security and they asked security to escort daddy off the building the dad was escorted off the building and on, on top of that the dad was banned from entering the hospital premises if he entered the hospital premises on any circumstances he would be arrested immediately by the police and also the police were informed that he was being disruptive so daddy was not allowed back on the hospital premises while his child was there so the only way the dad could see his child was if the mum when the mum did a video link or sent pictures to the dad that was the only way he could see his child while the child was in the hospital so Mummy, she insisted that her baby was not going to have the um, vitamin K injection. Mum had a cesarean, so, you know, she was far away from her baby. They were on different floors. There was quite a big gap from the ward where the mum was to where the baby was. Mummy was insisting, can she have her baby? they wouldn't allow her to have her baby so mum had to take her time and go down to special care to see her baby when mummy went to the special care unit 
mom found that her baby wouldn't take her breast milk and she was thinking why is my baby not taking my breast milk and she discovered that the baby was on a drip and they were giving the baby lots of glucose so every time she went to breastfeed the baby was full so mommy was insisting that she wanted her baby to be released from the special care unit because she couldn't see why her baby was kept at the special care unit and there was a lot of toing and throwing as to why her baby they wouldn't release the baby they were saying to mom that the baby has to have the vitamin k injection and they insisted that the baby must be formula fed now there was a breastfeeding consultant on the premises she never once approached mum to give her any breastfeeding support and so mummy contacted me and um, I spoke to the hospital staff and they wouldn't release the baby they were saying you know that the baby's temperature needed to be at a certain level and, and all sorts of excuses they were making so I have um, a couple of friends that I rely on when I need support, um, a doula and a, a senior midwife, independent. So we had a telephone conversation and we decided that what I would do is go back to the hospital and um, speak to the um, staff in charge. So I requested with the mum to speak to the staff in charge and we had a conversation and we said to the staff that okay okay if you want the baby to have the vitamin k injection and you insist that the baby must be formula fed we want all of this in writing so we can take it to our legal team and get some legal advice and then we'll come back to you and immediately almost immediately upon saying this to the staff they released the baby you know so what are we saying this to say? We're saying this to say that it is very important that when mums and dads go into hospital to have your baby, it is very important to have independent support before you actually go into the hospital to have your baby, just in case if anything goes wrong. It is very important to have a doula if you cannot get an independent midwife to have a doula if you do not have family around you to support you when you go and have your baby it's very important to try and have a doula mothers you need to remember that you mustn't give your complete trust into the hospital you must make your own you must do your own research before you go into hospital to have your baby so that you know your rights it is so important to, have to know your rights once you know your rights then it, you're empowered to stand up and defend yourself even if you're on your own you can defend yourself when you know your rights and I'm saying and I'm requesting to all mothers that are having babies to go and research and find out information about birthing and find out what your rights are and make inquiries about getting yourself a doula if you don't know how to get a doula please contact me at birthingspotlight at gmail.com my name is Autence Mohammed and I will support you I am a trained doula and I am in training or com almost completed to be a VBAC practitioner so I will support you if I cannot support you I will signpost you to where you can go and get support and advice Thank you very much for listening to my podcast and I look forward to coming back with you with another story.
Thank you, bye. Peace, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me again on my Birthing Spotlight podcast. And today we have a very special guest, and her name is Janae Mohammed. Janae Mohammed, she is a wife and a mother of three own birth children from Newcastle, Delaware. She is a doula and a student of traditional midwifery as well as the co-creator of Black and Indigenous Birth Workers of Delaware and the documentary Birth vs. Black, Uncovering Black Infant Mortality in America. So, Janae, we're really looking forward to hearing what Sister Janae has to share with us today. So, Sister Janae, you there? Yes, I'm here. Right, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And... Um, we would like you to share your birth story today and the work that you do within the community. Um, Go ahead, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, first, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak with you on your podcast. It is an amazing, amazing thing that you're doing, sharing stories of us on here. Um, which birth story? <laughs> <laughs> Which you like? You can share all your birth stories and tell us about the difference. You know, have you seen any difference? Have you progressed in terms of like um, your preparation? Were you more relaxed as you progress with your different pregnancies? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll start with why I chose to home birth in the first yes, place. Ma'am. And um, so I am a member of the Nation of Islam. Um, and my family is as well, or at least my husband's family. And my his father was a health minister at one point. So he was always talking about home birth and midwifery and people having their babies at home. And when he was talking about it, I was maybe in my early 20s, like 21, maybe. Okay. Yes, ma'am. And so that was something that was already inside of my mind like having your babies at home so when I found out that I was pregnant with my first child it never dawned on me to go to the hospital like that just wasn't in my plan I was not going to the hospital to have a baby so around nine weeks I started to look for a midwife and I found one near me um, who is an awesome traditional midwife in Philadelphia and she came all the way out here to do my prenatal care. She came out here to catch the baby. And she brought her own doula with her. So the, the pregnancy was pretty normal for the most part. You know, I had a little nausea in the beginning when I didn't eat and then no, no issues like at all after that. And so her when it was time for her to come, I wasn't really sure I was in labor, but it was a general first labor, so it did last about two or three days. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, a Friday morning around three o'clock, I started feeling labor pains, 
and then throughout the day they will come on and on and the, around Saturday morning my midwife came when I started to get a little closer and I couldn't eat like normally for a home birth you can eat you know they were cooking dinner in my kitchen while I was upstairs laboring there were people downstairs hanging out like it was a party for me but I didn't feel like I was invited because I was busy <laughs> upstairs <laughs> and you know every time I would eat I would have to throw up because the contractions were making me throw up so it was people were eating my favorite meals mac and cheese and fish like I was they were having such a good time while I okay. was <laughs> on your behalf yeah but I was comfortable and That's I love the comfort of my own home and my own room and I could dictate who could come in and who couldn't come in yeah. whereas you know in a, as doulas we see in the hospital you can't really dictate who's in there um, as far as who's working with you so that was, I want to say, my favorite part. Um, I want to say around 3.53 in Sunday morning, I gave birth to a baby girl. And the midwife caught her. And because I was up so long afterwards, I just went to sleep. I have no recollection that, of what happened between 4 o'clock and 10 o'clock that morning because I was knocked out. All I know is when I woke up, the baby was clean. She was wet. Well, she was no longer wet. She was wrapped in the beautiful blanket. Right. She was asleep with her dad, who was there the whole time, running errands for people, being hands-on, seeing what was happening, seeing what people needed. He was, like <clears throat> The first birth, I have to give him so much credit because I know he had no idea what was going on but he did his best and I don't think I would have been able to get through it had he not been there right fantastic yeah and then I had back labor with her too and so my doula every time I had a contraction would rub my back in the pool every single one and I know she was tired but every contraction she would rub my back and so after that first um, the experience caused me to start advocating for home birth because every woman should have an experience like that where they're taking care of, where somebody's rubbing their back, where somebody is giving them kind words, where you have someone else running errands for everybody else so that you don't need to be worried about anyone in the room but yourself and what you have to do. And so from then, that's when I knew I wanted to be a birth worker. And luckily, uh, I got the opportunity to train with Shafia Monroe in 2014 I think it was and we stayed with another midwife in Oakland Oakland I'm not so familiar with California but we were in Oakland and Richmond because she lived in Richmond and then the training was in Oakland and I think they're both together but that was my first experience with home birth and from that experience yeah from that experience I became a birth worker the next year Fantastic. Uh, of course, the second was different because I didn't have a midwife or doula. It was a free birth with my husband. So oh, sorry, are you still there? Yep, I'm here. Sorry, I was picking something up. Um, yes, if I'm going on all three of the births. <laughs> it's mad. So the second yeah. birth was different. You didn't have any um, outside um, support. 
No. Um, at that time, was that deliberate? Thought, yes. Yes, it okay. was deliberate. We kept, like, I kept the midwife on the phone, but at the time, and then this is another uh, issue that we talk about um, amongst birth workers, is uh, financial accessibility. So we didn't have the funds to pay for a midwife at the time. Right. But I was not going to the hospital. I don't know what it is about birth, but once I have my mindset, I'm pretty much that's what we're going to do or else. Right. Um, so, yes, we had a free birth with my husband and I. Um, his labor was much shorter. I think I started around 6 in the morning and he got here at 6 in the evening. Much, wow. much shorter. Yes. And I had no complications. I mean, there were a lot of outside things going on in our lives at the time, but as far as my pregnancy, I didn't have any complications. And it was, it was, my husband caught his son, and it was the first time I saw him cry. Okay. Ever, and this was in 2015, so we have been together for 10 years and that was the first time I saw him cry <laughs> when he caught his son and I caught him he said um, you know he just wiped his face off because apparently that pooped on him and he was okay he was, he was fine it was the second the second one was very uneventful <laughs> it was like a natural regular birth there wasn't much to tell except it was just him and I in there working to birth the baby boy. And then the third was even shorter. I think I went into labor around seven or eight in the morning. And she came around 11, almost 12 o'clock in the morning. And so every birth, it shortens by a third, I think, which is so amazing. And I keep telling my husband, if we have another child, I'm just going to spit the baby out. We're not even going to do labor. So the third child, did you have outside support? Or was that the same as the second child to your um, husband? Almost. So it was my husband and I, and then his mother trained uh, to be a doula as well. And so she was Fantastic. Mm -hmm. She was there. Um, she was keeping an eye out. And then you know how we get when we're in labor. You don't... Once that first set of hands is on you and it makes you comfortable, that's the only set of hands that you want. So <laughs> my husband was that set of hands and she kind of just kept an eye out and made sure that everything was going well. Um, that labor was, the pregnancy, I was sick pretty much the whole pregnancy. I'm not exactly sure why, um, with the exception of, you know, maybe my body could have been tired, but the labor and delivery was extremely fast extremely fast like my children um, my father-in-law took my other two children to the park for about an hour and by the time they got back the baby was here okay so it was fast my husband caught her as well um, it was more support this time and I think I preferred it that way as opposed to the second child um, because, you know, after she was born, I was able to latch and nurse. Someone else made me something to eat. 
and all I had to do was lay in the bed and so that was amazing and I think for any you know regardless of how many children that we have unless it's an emergency I would prefer to do it at home because right. I like having the, the comfort the comfort the peace and the control yes, yes. like I don't to being vulnerable like that I really don't want to be out of control of who's around and what's being done because my focus is going to be on what they're doing as opposed to what I need to be doing yes ma'am so can I ask you a question yeah um, I know it's the the rules are different in the UK well, I'm in the UK you're in America so mm-hmm. when you had your own birth did you have like a lotus type birth or did you have to what did you do with the placenta? Did, you, did the hospital send someone to come and collect it? What happens? So the placenta, usually, generally for home birth, the placenta is, um, you can cut the cord after it stops, you know, pulsing however long mom wants to. Yeah. Wait. And then you can wrap, you can dry the placenta, encapsulate it, you can wrap it and freeze it. All right. We wrapped ours and fro- froze them for the first two and then the second you had a lotus a partial lotus birth. so she um she stayed attached to her placenta um from birth which was about 11 late in the 11 o'clock hour that much i know until maybe eight at night when i noticed um I don't think that the lotus was done properly and I don't want to like out anyone but I didn't do it myself so okay um, so yeah so I was trying to give guidance as to what to do <laughs> but right. I don't think this was done properly and so it was still it wasn't as dry as it should have been right but you made the effort to go down that what? road but I, I wanted to, we definitely made the effort, but what I noticed with the placenta is because it was the way it started to get cold. And when the placenta got cold, I noticed the baby started getting cold, like her hands were cold, even though she was wrapped up. Right. So I thought that was, you know, it was an interesting thing that we learned, but we cut the cord after we noticed that. Right. <laughs> let, her, let her be on me so that she could warm up, but I didn't realize that. She was still connected to her placenta like that. Right. So that was an interesting thing to learn. So that's why it was only a partial instead of a full lotus birth. Yes, ma'am. And that's the hospital does not collect it. If you don't All right. Tell them. <laughs> oh, you just don't tell them? Yes, we just don't tell them. But do you, but once the baby's born, do you need to contact them to let them know that the baby is being born? No, so um, the way you can do it for in each state of the United States is different. But for Delaware, when you have a home birth, you just um, request the home birth certificate information, and that's how right. they And you, you know, um, have make an appointment for a pediatrician. Okay, come and check the baby. Uh, no, they never come. You have to take them. <laughs> Oh, okay. Which is why we, we usually just wait. They don't, out, out here, they don't usually come to you. I know the birth center make, make some home visits, maybe one or two. Right. Um, 
but no, they don't really come for you after you've had a home birth. No. Right. Okay. So, um, also, you said you trained as a doula after your first child. Yes. And did that bring much more? Um, do you think that really helps your confidence in um, having your second and third child at home without outside intervention? Definitely. I don't think I would have been able to do it if I hadn't had the training and if I didn't have um, experience that I assisted other moms after that. So definitely, definitely the training made me more confident in having an unassisted home birth. Without that training, I don't think I would have had one. You what? You wouldn't have had uh, a birth without assistance, outside assistance. Yeah. Um, what I, I have a question. My question is, um, what what advice would you give a woman who cannot afford a midwife but would like a home birth in the state where, I mean, where you live in America? Um, what so, advice Say it again. The last part. What advice would you give a mother to be who cannot afford a midwife but would like a home birth? She's not a doula. She may not know anything about doula and what advice would you give? To so in Delaware, home birth is covered by insurance. When I had my first two children, it wasn't. So you if she has insurance, she can get a midwife without having to pay out of pocket. Right. Now, if she's looking for a black midwife though, she's going to have to you can barter. I know a lot of midwives do barter systems. Right. I know a lot of midwives do payment plans. Right. And then now, because of the pandemic, a lot of women, a lot of midwives are giving scholarships for moms who want home births. Right. Okay. So it is much more accessible in 2020 than it was in 2015. Yeah. So I would advise to do, you know, do your research what kind of midwife would you like if right. there is a specific one what does she offer does she offer scholarships see if you can apply for one or if you have like state insurance or public insurance does the midwife that you're interested in take that insurance Fantastic. and then or is she willing to barter mm-hmm. so um you're you yourself you're a trained doula yes so how does that are there lots of um black women in your in the county or state where you live that are trained doulas and how do people reach out to you in the community or know about you what work do you do in the community as a doula um okay so that's a different question so the first one i think there aren't many in my state the number is growing. It is growing. But as far as seasoned doulas, I might have... I might be able to count them on my hands and feet. Right. Over the entire 900,000 people that I think are in the state. Um, the Contacting us is a little hard, which is why we made 
um, Black and Indigenous First Workers of Delaware to make it easier to contact us because at first, you know, they had a website called doulamatch.net and you might find us sprinkled in there. Um, there is the Black Doula Association. You might find one out of the 15 or 20 in there. So it's really hard to find a Black Doula. However, word of mouth is how I got a lot of my business. Right. So moms who have had a good experience with me, whether it was in the hospital, the birth center, or at home, I told their cousins and their family members or their friends. And so that's how I got business. I know a lot of doulas have their own websites. Um, and then some doulas kind of work together. Hopefully all of them can be put in this one space on this Facebook group so that if you're looking for a black doula in Delaware, all you have to do is click this link and we'll all be here in this one space. And you can interview all of us in whichever one, you know, vibes well with you, then that's the one you can choose for your birth wherever you're choosing to birth. But as of now, we're still getting it together. So it's getting easier. Yes, ma'am. But it's not as easy as it should be. Right. And but you're getting there and it's important to to have taken it, the hardest bit is taking the first step to get to do the foundation, the groundwork, you know, because we do need more black women, black women doulas who care, you know, because of what our women, the, the statistics that we're reading, yeah. you know, regularly that black women are dying in childbirth, dying shortly after they've had their baby, babies are dying at, you know, at an alarming rate. You shouldn't, yeah. you know, but the reasons why black women are dying and their babies are dying shouldn't really happen you know yeah, well, so we need more of our people to be care to be practitioners and providers support workers yeah well i i agree um and that's why a lot of the work that we do as rulers is not just you know being there for support at least for yes. birth support it's being there for mental support that's right emotional because a lot of us are going through a lot of things and during pregnancy and birth it all seems to come out not just right but out of a father too I've seen (laughs) (laughs) and out of the parents and so usually in my practice I ask about relationships what's your relationship to your mother to your spouse your relationship to the people that are close to you and the relationship that to the people that you want around you during your healing period because all of that is going to come the real relationship is going to come to fruition at this point because there is a point where mom she that barrier that she usually has where she might speak kindly to people that she doesn't like is going to be gone in birth (laughs) it's not going to be there (laughs) so what is your relationship because if you don't tell me now as your doula i am going to encounter it while you're in labor it happens every single time so yeah and that also includes structural systems how you feel about being in the hospital how you feel about the hospital staff so we have to gauge the people that we're working with the 
people that choose us as doulas and then you also have to be that understanding component for whoever's helping her birth her baby because they if they don't like each other mom needs to know her rights and to say okay i don't want these people in my birthing space they can leave right so it's we do a lot as doulas (laughs) we're therapists doulas google your sister your auntie (laughs) all of that definitely and it's so wonderful when you have um um, women who genuinely like love the work as opposed to some people just doing it for a paycheck you know I I find it hard to believe that people would be doing this work for a paycheck you can't tell me that you are just spending 30 hours with a mom for a paycheck you, I, like you're exhausted the last birthday I went to I'm still nursing, right? My youngest child is 21 months, I think. Okay. And so I was with the mom for at least 24 hours and my breasts were so full. And that's not the first time that has happened. (laughs) There is no way that I would be sitting there with these full breasts, listening to the mama cuss at me about, you know, who knows what. Wow. I didn't love this job. (laughs) So do doulas work together in, in circumstances like that? You know, sometimes if you're breastfeeding, you know, to share a care. Yes, yes, we do work together. I'm just, I, I just make things hard for myself just because. <laughs> <laughs> like once I'm invested, I'm here with you. I'm not leaving. Yes, so ma'am. that's my, um, I don't know, that's just my nature. I have to see it through until the end. Um, but I do know some doulas that work together and they kind of, you know, I, I'm tapped out your turn. But the way, the thing is though, the way COVID has our hospital set up, um, at least in Delaware, they only allow two people in the room at once and they have to alternate. So they can't be in the room at the same time. So having once you have your loved one and your doula, no one else can come in. Right. So we can't even really tap out anymore. Right, okay. Well, that's more than... Well, I know there's some hospitals in the UK where the father is not even allowed in the deliver in the labour ward until mother's in active labour. The mother, wow. she's on her own. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's making it really hard for us to do our work and it's making it hard for mothers to have the births that they're desiring to have. Exactly. So I, I find that in the UK a lot of mothers they're opting for the home birth. Or they would just delay going into the hospital until the very, very last minute. You know, if they're not allowed because they're not allowed in some of the hospitals to have um a personal assistance with them. You know, and they have to have either the partner or the midwife in some of the hospitals. You cannot have both. Yeah. At that point, they might as well have a home birth. That's right. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Oh, what I'd like to uh, what I'd like to say is ask you if you were to give advice, if 
you were to, to give advice to um, women out there who are newly pregnant, mm-hmm. um, you know, right now we have the coronavirus situation where there's a lockdown and social distancing. What advice would you give to a mother out there to have the best possible pregnancy that she can, considering that you know people are going stress periods you know that's that's what people stress out even more that they cannot have the people that they want with them how can they what can they do what can you, advice can you give them to have a um, good birth it would week? definitely to be to aim for homework right and to start early so if you're eight weeks nine weeks talk find and talk to a midwife right away to find your option and how you can, what your midwife can do for you. Also find a doula because she will assist you on that journey to finding a midwife and your options and what would be, what is best for you based on what you want. So I guess my advice would be start early and definitely find a doula and a midwife. Consider home birth. Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you so much, Sister Janae Mohammed. That was a wonderful interview. I really enjoyed what you had to share with us. And I thank would you. like you to tell the listening audience where they can find you. Are you on social media? Do you have an email address? Do you have a website? Please let people know. Yes, so I am on social media under Facebook. You can just find me at Janae Mohammed. Um, Instagram is J A Muham four J A M U H A M four, and I do not mind you emailing me. My email is what is my email? Oh, Janaydoula at gmail.com. J A N A Y D O U L A at gmail. Thank you so much. You there? Yes, I'm still here. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to doing more interviews with you in the future. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel honored. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And thank you to my listening audience. And I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Janae Mohammed. And we'll connect with you again soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.